Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Welcome to the Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. And I'm Ken Decker. And I'm Yetta Decker. And today, it's all about truth. It's all about the truth. The truth will set you free, and in real estate, it's going to get you top dollar for your home. Yeah, the truth is freeing. The truth is freeing because it's sometimes, I don't know if you've found this when you've gone to sell a home or buy a home or even invest in real estate, that the truth is not always what you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. That sometimes it's a surprise what you learn. And if you made the decisions based on what you thought to be true, you possibly, and our clients have told us that not the ones that are working with us because we make sure they get the truth, that sometimes they didn't make a great decision because they didn't have the whole truth. Right. Or even what they thought would be true. Because there are so many myths out there. One of the myths in real estate, in fact, is the concept of if I sell quickly, I'm going to sell for less. Hmm. Right? Often I will hear from a client, I'm not in a hurry. And what they're really saying to me is, I'm not in a hurry. I'm going to hold out for my money, for the money that I want to get for the house. And I'm never sure how to respond to that. You'd think after almost 30 years, I'd have a quick answer for that. And yet... (laughs) Maybe we should work on that. (laughs) Well, maybe. Or maybe it would look... It wouldn't be good if I had a quick answer for that. Could be. Right? So maybe there's a reason I haven't developed Mm -hmm. a good answer for I'm not in a hurry. And what I eventually figure out how to say in the conversation is, I don't want you in a rush. Because if you're in too big a hurry, if you're panicked, if you're financially in a mess, then sometimes it's hard to make great decisions because you're under too much duress. And Mm -hmm. that's awful. So that's not what we're looking for by all means. And the flip side of that is, I'm not in a hurry. Hey, I'm going to wait for my price. Usually means, almost always actually, that you're going to sell for less. That you're not going to sell for more. Mm -hmm. So you tell me, when you've seen a home on the market for an extended period of time, what is the conversation you have in the car or in your living room with your partner, with your family, about that house? I know what it is, because as soon as I ask that question, everybody looks at me and goes, what's wrong with that house? Well, it's not likely that there's actually anything wrong with that house, other than it may be priced in the wrong segment of the market. Mm -hmm. And if it's priced in the wrong segment of the market, something is wrong with the house. And finally, when the price, the property is in the right price in the market, it's actually lost all the interest from the potential buyers. Yeah, it gets that kind of stale bread uh, issue, right? Like if, you, if you're buying day-old donuts or, or bread that's past or nearing its date, you're generally not going to pay full price for it. Nope. No, and so a house that's been up for sale for six months, a year, two years, 
Three years, four years. Okay, not too many of those. Ours Mind was. you, ours was up for nine, the one we bought. We didn't have it for sale. We did buy one that had been up for nine years. We waited till it was a good price. It was a really good price. Actually, we didn't wait. We didn't know it was there until we saw it was such a good price we couldn't resist. <laughs> exactly, because we weren't looking for a house. So we weren't looking in that segment or that area or that price point at all for ourselves and just hadn't really come across it for nine years. And then we came across it actually looking for one of our clients pricing a property, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. thought, hmm, I wonder. And yet it wasn't until it was under market that it sold. Now, having said that, once it was under market, significantly under market, it got two offers and we were actually in a pricing war. So there's a couple of interesting things in that little story. And that is the price had to get below market because it started over market. So not being in a hurry, be, think about what do you mean by that? So I usually ask some more qualifying questions to determine, does it mean we're not in a panic? We're not in any stress? That's good. I don't want you to be in any stress. If it means, hey, I'm going to ask for more money than the market tells me my house is worth, then that's a bad thing because at the end of the day, when you get the price right, you're actually going to end up selling it under market. Yeah, because it's tough to catch a ball rolling down a hill. And that's really what it's like when you're chasing the real estate market. Yes. And, and now in markets where prices are going up 10, 15% a year. Right. Like Toronto. Th then in six, to, six months to a year, the market will catch that house. Very quickly. Right. But if the market's only going up 1% or, or flat or even going down 1% or 2%, then it's the old chasing the ball down the hill. It's very, very difficult to catch that ball because it keeps running faster and faster. And so knowing your market, right. and that's what we come to do, is we come to interpret the market with you relevant to your property, your microeconomic area, and then to evaluate what will be the top dollar that we can ask and receive for this property. That's our goal. Our goal is not to sell low. Oh, my goodness, no. Never. No, 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 no. Okay, now you can get me excited about that one, right? You <laughs> tell the energy shifted instantly as soon as he says, no, no, it's to sell it for every dime possible, utilizing great market data, mm -hmm. the relevant data. There's very little that's truly comparable. So I've taken that word almost out of my, vo my vocabulary. I can't even speak today. Anyway, relevant properties, which may be very similar to yours, or they may not be that similar, and yet it's relevant data to assist in pricing your home. And we're pulling the square footage. There is a way to, in the background to get square footage of the homes we're selling, even though the Ottawa board does not allow us to put that on the multiple listing service. There is a way to get access to it. So we find that because that assists us in pricing it and finding relevant property. Also looking at what the assessments are. I'm not sure if you're aware. In 2017 in Ottawa, they've actually reduced the assessment from the phased in 2016 assessments because we'd actually gotten in Ottawa ahead of the curve. So the vast majority of homes are actually assessed higher from a tax purpose perspective than they're selling for. Yeah, we're just starting to see that swing back out on some properties. And again, it's, it's, it's a micro market, like it's hyper local. So, you know, selling a, a similar house in the Glebe or a similar house 
that's in the glebe, but now it's located in, uh, I don't know, I was going to say Finley Creek, but there's no old houses in Finley Creek. Well, even Sandy Hill. <laughs> Sandy okay. Hill is not the Glebe. That's right. Two so different you markets. Wanna, you want to price those markets. They're not very far away from each other, and yet they price differently. So you don't want to pull relevant because it's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. So one of the pieces of relevant is location, except if I'm pricing a country property, which we're just selling a property on three acres or so. And in that case, relevant is actually a very large geographic area. It's anything that has similar value range that runs outside the edge of the city. That's yeah, acreage. And, and then we'll probably look, you know, is that a commuter house? Is that something that somebody will probably drive from Ottawa for work or whatever? And so we may look at three or four villages on the outskirts that are a similar distance right. from Ottawa. That have a similar value. Mm-hmm. Right in terms of pricing, so the relevant data is not as straightforward as I think most people think it is. I mean, if you're a town home in Barhaven, yes, it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. You'll find homes that are of similar age with similar fit and finish, similar size, similar features. That's a pretty easy, easy pricing. And even having said that, one of the truths that will set you free in real estate is recognizing that only the first ninety percent of the value is actually objective value. The last 10%, always the last 5%, and often up to 10%, really has nothing to do with objectivity. It's all emotional. It's just a subjective, emotional Mm -hmm. response to the house. And we can prove that again and again because we will get multiple offers on a property. Ryan just sold a property the other day, and it had 45 viewings, Mm-hmm. nine offers, and there was a significant range from the lowest offer to the highest offer. It was the same day. Yeah. Same market. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Right. Uh, similarly, we're just in negotiations on a house, and the house, for for all intents and purposes, may be a slightly overpriced, and yet it ticks off all the boxes yeah. for this person, for, for what they buyer. want for the buyer. For what they want, and we haven't been able to find one that ticks off all the boxes without them having to do a lot of work on the house. So for them, that house may have more intrinsic value than for another buyer. Right, and that's why it's been sitting on the market for a while, is because it is overpriced. And so occasionally, an overpriced property will still find an interested buyer, except it's kind of like playing the lottery. You're not likely going to win that game. And these folks won't either because my, our folks will only pay market value. They're not going to yeah. pay yeah. A, a crazy amount. And yet there is that last 5%, sometimes even greater, certainly the last 1% to 5% has zero, zero mm-hmm. to do with value. Now, okay. something that's important about the truth, because yeah. a lot of times when you hear the truth, mm. it might make you uncomfortable. Yeah, it might. It, well, have it, you ever found that? Yes. Sometimes when I tell you the truth about you, is <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, oh, it makes me uncomfortable all the time. Right. <laughs> so it could be about anything. It could be a personal thing or it could be around pricing of a house, either what you ought to be paying for a home or what the value is of a home or what you should sell a home for. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not fun. No. So you what, tell me things that make me uncomfortable yes. too. So what's important is that wh- whoever you're getting to price your home, that they're, they're backing it up with relevant stats, yeah. relevant properties, they know what the market's doing, whether it's increasing, decreasing in your, in your micro area. And then mm-hmm. listen to them carefully. And if, you, you know, if you're not sure, get a second opinion. 
get someone else in and you know if you're interviewing a realtor or two or sometimes three choosing by the price they pick oh is goodness. the absolute worst criterion for picking because ultimately you pick the price that you put your house up for sale at and you want to make sure that you've got someone that you can trust you feel comfortable with and they're giving you the truth right and a lot of times you have that little spidey sense right the hairs on the back of your neck stand up if someone's giving you a load of you know what right and it's as Ken was starting to say, it's uncomfortable sometimes when we hear the truth. So those that spidey sense at first, maybe be cautious because I know I have to when I'm being told the truth. Think about is it because the truth is hard to hear or is it because it's not truth, mm-hmm. right? Because there's really two things there. There's yeah. two reasons my spidey sense goes off. One is I don't want to hear this and it's really freaking me out and I don't agree with it. And yet, if the facts and figures and data is available, and so that's one of the things we're really careful to do. And a lot of my clients actually say, don't send me all those stats. I don't want to see the properties. I I don't need that. I didn't really look at them. You tell me what it's worth. I go, that's great. And I can do that. I can interpret for you. I understand it. And I often have Ken in the background reassessing it, or Candice, or Ryan, or Linda, one of the other team members, reassessing it as well, especially if I'm being given the task of picking the price. Because mm-hmm. that's a little, uh, like, I want to pick the price on my own house, and I kind of want you to pick the price on your house, and I want to guide you through the process. And so the data, it's really, if we both look at it, we ought to come up with essentially the same answer because we're interpreting the same information. So are we interpreting it correctly? If we come up with two totally different ideas, one of us isn't understanding the data. Well, and that's the beauty with us as a couple is many times you'll do the the relevant property searches on a property and then you'll ask me to do my independent research. Right, without and, giving you any Any sense. input. And then we compare. Right. And if we're, if we're off a little bit, then it's, okay, justify your price and I'll justify my price and then we'll come to an agreement that Okay, we think where it really is. And sometimes you've missed something, sometimes I've missed something. So having that backup is really awesome in, in real estate. It is. And so we're doing that with you as well. So we actually send you the comps, the comparable, well, they're not even comps, the relevant property data. See, occasionally that word still came out of my mouth. Um, the relevant property data of those properties and provide you the pictures, provide you the number of days they were on the market. Cumulative as well as that current listing, and also provide you the price that it actually sold for. And mm-hmm. often I will also do a history on the ones that you decide are sort of the most three or four relevant. I'll go even further back and find you what the price started at, mm-hmm. right? Like do some background checking and did it conditionally sell? Was it canceled? Was it withdrawn? Was it whatever? There's so many different yeah. things that can happen in the real estate. So give you a an itemized history of that property over the past like 10 years to really get Mm -hmm. the truth. So, because it's not about me convincing you, it's not about Ken convincing you of anything. It's really about the data, the information showing you what is true. Yeah, and and I think it's so important to do the extra Mm. research because 
Sometimes it's easy to just go, yeah, that house is similar, that house, okay, boom, boom, boom. But what's it backing? What's it near? Mm. Is it near a convenience store or a gas station or is it on a bus route or a busier road? You know, what, what are the factors that are adjusting the price? We've got to take all those things into consideration of not only your property, but all the ones we're comparing the, your property to to ascertain a price, right? right? So our process is actually, from a pricing perspective, it's now 15 steps mm-hmm. just to determine ballpark. It's not just about pulling a few comps. It's much more in depth. We look at what has sold privately that has registered on the um, land registry Mm -hmm. that has actually sold. So we're pulling that data from a background perspective. Now, we won't necessarily have the inside of those houses. Sometimes when we Google those addresses, though, we can find old listings. We can find um, background information on that specific property. So Googling addresses is actually one of the steps in even starting to price a property. Mm-hmm. And who knew? I mean, we didn't used to be able to do that. Now we can do it. <laughs> Fascinating the stuff you find. We just yep. had our niece who was looking at buying a property slightly out of market, out of our market. Way out of our market. And they still rely on us because, you know, auntie and uncle know what they're talking about. So they decided, yes, we referred them to some realtors in the different areas they were looking. And then they still kind of wanted our perspective. And so they happened to find one in a random location on their own that they fell in love with. They just thought, this is it. This serves everything we're looking at, right? Mm -hmm. And it's only in the 150,000 price range. So it's the lower end of the market, certainly the lower end of the Ottawa market and, and Southern Ontario as well. And so Ken found the property and started doing a lot of back searching. Yep. Through the what we call geo warehouse, which is right. our ability to look at the tax rolls and um, has some evaluations there. It also has the lot dimensions and the picture of the lot. And so I was able to find out that there was actually a mm. uh, abandoned wrecking yard beside it. So there were cars, you know, that had all been cleaned off, but now it was a plain yard. But the issue becomes, you know, back how many years that's been there. And, you know, in those days, people would take off parts and the oil leaked, that's fine. It just leaked on the dirt. If the, you know, the the transmission fluid leaked, fine. Or the coolant leaked, fine. Well, this house is on a well and septic, which means they're right beside this old scrapyard and who knows what's getting in their water. So I simply called the realtor and I said, hey, is your seller willing to do a phase one and obviously a phase two environmental to make sure this land is safe for these, for this young couple? And she said, no, they're not. And guess what our niece said? We're not buying that house then. Right. <laughs> right? And it's something, they didn't want to hear that truth because they'd already decided they wanted the house. They already had organized that my sister and her husband were going to come look at it. It was exciting. It was the first home. They've been looking for a long time. They've been saving. It's This is a big deal, first purchase. And they found it. And they want a very unique property because um, my nephew is a chainsaw artist and is beautiful. So if you want any chainsaw work, (laughs) get a hold of Yetta because it is amazing what he does. And my niece is an artisan and does amazing knitting and embroidery and applique and all kinds of great sewing things and sells them online. Anyway, 
great kids, very unique property that they're looking for because they've got to be able to run a chainsaw 24-7, yeah. or not quite, but, you know, eight hours a day. And that could be disturbing to the neighbors. So they don't want to disturb neighbors. And here's a $150,000 house. That could have a million, million and a a half problem. Right. A million to two million dollar problem if you actually had to truck that soil out. Who knew? And right now, if you look at the property and they'd been there, they loved it. It was vacant. It was just quiet land all around them. Nothing on it. Little did the old picture, did they know there were old pictures showing what had been there. Yeah. And the realtor was forthright. said there was a scrapyard there yeah. and the, the house was part of the scrapyard and it had been severed off. So it's just when you're, I'll use the word naive, when you're naive into what the ramifications of what your neighbor could do to the value of your property, that's something where you want a realtor on your side looking out for you. Mm-hmm. And that's just another place where the truth set them free right and at first they were angry because they wanted it well disappointed not angry oh i'd say angry no yeah (laughs) anyway we will have that discussion when we get home and when we see our niece and nephew this weekend uh so having that truth although it's hard sometimes to hear it's helpful to hear Mm -hmm. and then because your house is in a competition if it's on the market recognizing that most people look at 12 to 15 other homes First, they might look at 100 or 200 online. Many people now start their online search a year or more before they actually make a move. Yeah. So they may even have looked at thousands online. They're well-educated, a lot of buyers. Most buyers are incredibly well-educated, especially if they've already determined where they want to be and what price point they want to be mm-hmm. in. Then they become an expert in that. Not necessarily an expert in the sold prices, an expert in the asking prices. Mm-hmm. So two totally different conversations, which is, again, why you want the inside scoop. And so your home, though, when it does launch in the market, after all the online searching is done, most people will still see the odd person maybe sees one to five, and yet the average person will see probably 12 to 15 homes. Yeah. It's getting a little less because of the online Mm. ability. So and Google and Google Maps and Street View and all those things. Uh, and the number of pictures on the realtor sites now, we're up to, I think, 30 pictures now we can put on. Well, just on MLX and then on yeah. our website, we can put 60, yeah. 70, whatever and we can manage video, to take. And uh, sometimes there's drone shots. There's all kinds of stuff. So now what, what people are doing is on the Internet, they're seeing what the neighbors look like. They're seeing what the yard configuration is. They're seeing all the inside pictures. And they're ruling out more houses without having to go see them. So when there's a showing request for a house, this is a little truth that not too many people know. As a matter of fact, I just thought it up. (laughs) So I don't even know? Yes, you don't even know. Well, maybe you do. You can tell me after. So in the past, you know, sellers weren't that concerned about turning down a showing. They would say, oh, you can come another day or whatever, because now it's so important to have your home show ready, be able to, you know, take the pets out, do whatever it takes, have a lockbox on the door, allow showings during the day and whatever, because when someone books a showing on the Mm. house, they've done a lot of background research before they do that, and this is high up on their purchase list. So turning down a showing is like Mm. turning down a sale. Yeah, really, there's another truth, a truth that you may never even have thought of. That's the other cool thing around the truth as it sets us free is, they're not even things we know we need to know. 
so often. Yeah, it's the things that you don't know that you should know that bite you. Yeah, that you don't even know you should know, though. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's why you want a professional. <laughs> That's right. Um, so an unbiased market snapshot is something what that What is you... that? What I is know, that? but I'm Do asking you know? because okay. maybe, maybe our lovely folk out there don't know what maybe a, you that's a market listening snapshot to is. Banter doesn't know what a marketing snapshot is. An unbiased market snapshot is simply an uh, analysis or an understand, just a, a search, really, a search mm-hmm. that we would do of your specific micro-neighborhood, even micro to what kind of house if you want. It depends on the neighborhood, whether we get house-specific or more area-specific. It really will be dependent on what it is you want to mm-hmm. understand. And that can come to you immediately when something is sold and comes or comes onto the market. It can come to you weekly or monthly really at whatever interval you would like. And you can watch that for years before you ever think to make a move. So when you do make a move, you already have the answer. You've already interpreted the market. You've already seen what they're selling for. And so an unbiased market snapshot is something you can email, request us. You just email info at Decker Team. um, Or you can email Yetta at Decker Team or even Ken. But we'll still help each other do them. And you can stay in the know, and that just comes to your inbox. There's nobody interpreting it for you. If you want some assistance in interpreting it, once you've received it, then we would love to do that too. Mm -hmm. And really what this whole process is going to do is make sure that there is freedom of doubt around... Freedom from doubt. Yeah, freedom of doubt. Freedom from doubt. Yeah, Yeah, okay, freedom from doubt. And fear... Because then you're going to know you got the top dollar if you've got the right information. Right. So truth plus a commitment to action equals? Top dollar. Top dollar. Do you think people, I'm sure you out there want top dollar. Well, I want top dollar. Mm -hmm. Do you? Unless you're buying. Well, then you want to pay minimal dollar, and then we're going to use the same basic approach. We said there's about a 15-step process in determining the value for a seller so they can make sure they're pricing it right. We do the exact same thing when it's a buyer to assist them in determining the value of the home they want to buy. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to take into consideration the subjective part. Yes. And so I've had some buyers that will say, oh, can you give me what this should sell for and that one 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 should sell for. And I usually say no um, because it's a lot of work. Uh, but when you narrow down to you say, hey, I think this is the one we want to put an offer in on, right. then I'm going to go and do the work. And we're going to make sure that you feel confident that you're not overpaying for a, pri- for a property uh, that it's the right property for you and your family situation, and that the neighborhood is good, that the future developments are not going to be a concern. And we just basically cross our T's, dot our I's, and make sure that you're well protected in the offer process and the contract writing. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We want to help you feel safe. Well, yeah. And the truth is what's going to set you free. So it'll get you top dollar for your house. And remember, this is, I actually want you to remember this. Time is not your enemy. Right? Because Time is your enemy or well, not your enemy? Sorry, time is your enemy if you think it's not going to have an impact on the market. So really use time as your ally. Yeah. That was a better way to say it. Yeah. Time can be your ally. It can be. And if the market is going up briskly, yes. then time's on your side. 
If Mark isn't, then time isn't on your side. And so always coming, and, and the other thing is making a first impression. You can never make right. a second first good impression. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you got to do it right the first time. Yeah. So that's what we, we uh, have expertise in is bringing your home to market yeah. in a great, to have a great first impression. And if it sells in the first couple of days, we did our job. Some people think they underpriced it. That's not necessarily true. We priced it on the market. We did our job. And we got it sold for you. So thanks for joining us on the Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team.